Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a long fucking intro. Yeah, they're like two and a half hour podcasts, so. Joe Rogan's intro is about like his product are so fucking funny. Yeah, he's like so, he just like, just plays around so much. <laughs> you want to do the, the welcome to Baltimore? Yeah, I'll do that. Alright. Live from Baltimore, France, you are now listening to Art Pros, episode 5555, this Sunday, Baltimore, (laughs) France, Art Pros gives you the health insurance pod, yeah! (laughs) Alright, today's topic is something that all of you interns need to be thinking about as you grow and flourish. We're going to be talking about health, physical health mental health, family health, social health, social wealth is how you get health insurance. What the health? Let's get on with it. (laughs) So where did you just come from, Renz? I just came from uh, my therapist and we had a good talk. We talked about, um, you know, life, love, the meaning, the pursuit of happiness, the meaning of life, the meaning of wife, the meaning of love. Can you do all that in an hour? It was actually only a half hour. That's so, crazy. I Life's- mean, I, I do some in the weekdays uh, monthly. I used to do it weekly, transitioned to bi-weekly, and now I'm doing it weekly because I'm doing a good job. Do I'm you think well. that um, therapy is like physical therapy? Do you think that there's like a correlation? Physical therapy and like talk therapy type of stuff? Yeah, like, you know, my shoulder's in a lot of pain. I should probably see a physical therapist. Do you think that, like, there are times where people should go to a therapist more often than other times in their life? You know, it, it's a case-by-case basis. That's really something that you have to figure out on your own. Like, for me, I actually decided to go in myself because I was doing a lot of self-therapy, which could include a lot of things. You know, for some people, uh, it's using herbal essences if you know what i mean <laughs> lathering up using that shampoo that that loud shampoo oh yeah um yeah. for other oh, yeah. people uh there you know there's a lot of coping methods but at the end of the day if you really do think that uh having a expert a professional that has your best interest in mind is good for you try it out if you have health insurance a lot of the times it could be free if you're under 25 and you're on your parents' health insurance, I think that if you want to and think that it'll help you, take advantage of it and go see somebody to talk to them if you really if you're having trouble in your life mentally. And you alluded to physical therapy. It could get mental because if your physical body is like really in pain, that could affect your affect your mental too. So I've never been to a therapist. Really? Yeah. Um, I normally just talk to myself. Like, in really hushed tones in public, like, on the train. I take the train every morning, and I'm always just talking to myself. But that's, you know, my self-help. Like, loudly or silently? (laughs) How loudly are you talking to yourself? It depends on how hungover I am. Are you pacing back and forth? I pace back and forth. But that's because on the train, people always do this thing, and it makes me so angry. They get on, and then... They find 
open seats and then they put their bag in the window seat and then they sit mm. in the aisle seat to as if no one knows what you're doing as if we don't know that you just want to have your own fucking row look if you're on public transportation and you're one of those people that tries to take up two seats because you're so socially awkward that you don't want to sit next to someone else shame on you you know sometimes it's it's okay to talk to yourself uh internally externally but don't run a train on your own mind, you know? There's <laughs> yeah, a time and a place for up. that. Don't do it without consent. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough. Um, I recently got health insurance at my job, which is a big deal because that shit is expensive. If you mm-hmm. are paying for your own health insurance, you normally need to pay. You pay monthly, and then on top of that, the average person pays like $10,000, so your health insurance doesn't even cover anything until you've Damn. put in $10,000. Oh, that copay period type of thing? Yeah, mine's 2000 which is really good because a broken okay. arm in this, or like a sprained ankle is like seven grand. And your line of work is there's a lot of risk involved in it, isn't it? Oh, yeah, my shoulder's in a lot of pain. And the, the thing that sucks the most is like I can't even do my job if I'm in pain. I just, like, lift a bunch of heavy shit half the day. And if I'm in pain, I can't even get the money to pay that, so, that copay. So what Gage is talking about is he needs to lift weights because he's a professional arm wrestler. Yeah, it's really tough out here. Not enough people care about the WWAM, Worldwide you know, Arm Wrestling. When you're signing up for health insurance Media. and you tell them, like, what, you know, they say, hey, what, what work, what line of work do you do? And for people like Gage, when they hear them say, people like that say, uh, well, I'm a comedian and an arm wrestler and a podcaster, <laughs> they're like, oh, dude, let's, you're not going to be able to afford the best insurance. You can just get this for $2,000 copay and go on with your day. That's hard. Just, just make sure you're taking care of yourself out there, interns. Normally when I tell people that I'm a can- comedian, arm wrestler, and podcaster, they ask if I'm homeless. It's really sad. <laughs> but hey, you know, one thing that really saved me, my butt, was uh, I was pretty broke. I was working, uh, a lot of you may know, I used to work at Whole Foods. You might have seen me uh, slinging some fish. I, my insurance uh, was Medicaid or Medicare. What's, what, what's the one that's not for old people? I have that one. <laughs> so, Is it uh, good? Yeah, I mean, I get free therapy and free prescriptions, so. It's fine. Yeah, I have uh, one for my thyroid and one for mental health. It's been it's been good to me. Medicaid. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for paying your taxes and helping me get free drugs. And, and if therapy. you don't pay your taxes, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to call IRS. Yeah, I mean, We're they just use like seventy percent of it to do shit that you don't want them to do, anyways. I think people should vote on where their taxes go. Go where? Like. When you when you pay your taxes, where their taxes go? Yeah, I think you should like get to be specific. Like, I want like eight percent of my taxes to go to education, and I want fourteen percent of my taxes mm. to go to like fixing roads, and I want forty percent to go to subsidizing sex workers. Don't we technically do that by voting for the people who decide where the taxes go? Yeah, but that means that like it's not so specific as to us having the choice. We're just picking who gets to pick. If people in Texas, I, I heard that people in Texas don't pay state tax. Is that true? I don't know. I'm from uh, France. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I don't know anything about Texas. I'm not going to pretend like I know it's best. Texas size 10-4. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a good show, new good show recently. Have, have you heard of it? Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I heard that very dramatic. shit is uh, ridiculous. All right, all right. I'm going to be making fun of people with that. It's probably very it's horrible. It is super serious. Okay, so health. Is wealth. That's something my mom always says. What do you think is the healthiest thing you could do in your day-to-day life? Okay, so I'm going to run you through my routine, Gage. This is what I do every day. I wake up uh, around 8 a.m. I make myself a healthy fruit smoothie. A healthy fruit smoothie, I put some whey protein in there, get some frozen fruits from the store. Um, Pro tip, notebooks out. Buy, if you like smoothies, a super easy way to make smoothies super quickly in the morning is you get an immersion blender. It's basically a handheld blender that you plug in with a little little attachment in the head, uh, the front part. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a long handheld blender. And you can literally just take like a jar and put your frozen fruits in there. You could put your uh, protein or whatever supplements you want in there, some juice, and you stick the damn thing in there and you push the button and it blends it right in the jar. And all you have to do is clean the little attachment head and you got yourself a smoothie. It takes like less than five minutes. That's what I do in the morning. It's great. And I drink tea. I drink reishi tea. Reishi is very good for your immune system. I'm telling you right now, um, for me, it has made me have significantly deeper sleep and dreams. I've been dreaming every single night since I've been drinking this reishi shit. So that's like that's like the health your health regimen. No, no, not all of it. That's just like my what I eat, and I make sure I eat regularly. I make sure I get enough sleep, which is probably the thing I'm worst at. And I also drink alcohol, which is very bad. So that's my unhealth regimen. So. <laughs> I wake up every morning, I take a, and this isn't a joke, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, I take a big rip from my, my jewel. As soon as I wake up every morning, 6.30 a.m., I get an extra large cup of coffee at the 7-Eleven. I don't drink any water till about 1 p.m. I drop a deuce at like 1.30, and, you know, I'm regular, so I've heard that that means that I'm healthy. And I drink nine to ten beers, you know, from like four p.m. till like six p.m. <laughs> and then that's what helps me sleep deep, like your reishi tea. Dude, that's like uh, ten. That's like five beers an hour. That's, that's like faster than I can run in miles per hour. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is that beer has the highest amount of like carbs per per liquid. That you can get so without drinking gasoline. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you want to get your your carbs and in, in your um, the you got a carbo load for the arms the arms you have to wrestle slam down on the table every morning <laughs> the next day. So you told me that you had some you had some good one liners. You want to drop those for the interns? I don't I I don't have a lot of of them in my head, but I just uh, was thinking about this funny phrase. I don't know why, but I thought about this name called Bill Nye the Appliance Guy, and I just thought that was funny. I got a lot of, like, weird play-on-word things in my, you know, the easy ones are, like, uh, lawn and order, special uh, landscaping unit or something like that, but that's been done before. 
Um, what else? Oh, uh, I wanted to make, I was trying to craft a joke for my imaginary comedy career. I was going to say something like, man, my grandmother looks younger than Andy. My Filipino grandmother looks younger than Andy Milanakis. <laughs> and laugh. <laughs> Everyone starts cracking up and I'm like, but really folks. We should, we should cut in like a laugh track right there. This is the episode <laughs> where we start introducing laugh tracks. Seriously, like, why do Filipino grannies look so damn young? Why do Filipino people look so damn young? I think it's all the salt. It's, it's the health. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's the, the, it's gotta be something with that dictatorial Marcos guy from like the 60s who was president for like 40 damn years. Yeah. Gotta be tough out there in the streets. Maybe it's the, the water. Maybe it's wiping your butt with, with, uh, sink water instead of using <laughs> toilet paper it makes your soul tough yeah i don't know my grandma died at like or my great grandma died at like 96 but she looked like a raisin um like a really healthy raisin she Hel- <laughs> raisins are healthy as fuck dude are they really yeah they're super good for you i think but they're dehydrated and i heard dehydration is bad for you dehydration is bad for you that's why i drink tons of water but if you eat a dehydrated fruit, it's super, it's like loud fruit. You know, it's super dank and oh, nutrients. it's, it's yeah. got that loud. Yeah. What do you think about um, medicinal marijuana coming to, coming to uh, Baltimore, France? Is it? Oh, it's, it is, it has come here. I've seen a few stores. I don't know. I've heard it was expensive. I came from uh, San Diego. So there is a ton of different, like, it's super easy to get your license there. Literally, like... There were ads on newspapers and stuff where there was definitely like you can you know how you can tell well, like the graphic design's kind of like janky yeah like all of these fake doctors were jumping on the bandwagon to give you a quote unquote medical license for like fifteen dollars and my buddy did that and he said he literally came in and paid like twenty or thirty dollars to somebody in like an office and they gave him his license registered him or whatever and I think later on like. A bunch of those people either got deported or arrested or wow, they weren't legit. Yeah, like, so, um, it was very lax over there. Over here, I don't know what the process is, but I know that you have to pay, like, $250 for it. But I think it's good It's good for a lot of people. I think that uh, marijuana really calms a lot of people down. Last year around Artscape, I had a buddy who said he went to, like, an adjacent event. And that there was a guy who was a licensed doctor in like board shorts and, and sandals <laughs> and a flower t shirt at like this rap concert. Did he have who, a ukulele or a I don't, acoustic guitar? I don't think he had an acoustic guitar. I know he had Ray Vans on and he was <laughs> writing scripts. He was writing people scripts for fifteen bucks. Like you would walk up to him, give him fifteen dollars, and he was give he was giving out scripts. Were they legit? Uh yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was a popping event. By, by someone that we know. He also happens to be in a Sublime cover band. Uh, the he only was the licensed original. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> the only licensed Sublime cover band doctor? Yeah, dude. I uh, doubt that. Chad. He probably joined because the, the lead singer passed too young. Doctor Doctor uh, Landon Labrador. Uh, That's my dog. All right, so we're talking about we're talking about mental health. We're talking about medicinal marijuana. Let me tell you, interns, what you should really be looking out for in terms of your mental health and just self-awareness. 
everybody out there, I've been hearing a lot of people being on the CBD stuff. Well, you know what? That's a good thing. But don't be on the bad CBD. I'm not, I'm talking about a different type of CBD here. I'm talking about constantly being depressed <laughs> and constantly being on drugs. <laughs> don't do that. And there's also the other thing. THC. A lot of people are being on THC. Again, I'm not talking about the regular THC. I'm talking about terrible health compromises <laughs> and timely health changes. Be on the good type of THC. Make your timely health changes when you can tell that it's you're getting fired from your job. Make some THC. Make some timely health changes. Get on that THC. Don't do the other THC, which is the uh, terrible health choices. I know I'm getting confusing now with the acronyms meaning different things, but THC try health clinics. Try. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got to get healthy and you got to use acronyms if you want to reach the youth. Get your head in the game. Look, a lot of you are really young, and I know that because we don't legally have to pay you. Um, <laughs> a lot of you are, are still in school, and I highly, highly, highly suggest when you get out of school to look for a job that has health insurance, you know, so you don't get the CBD, constantly bad diarrhea. Mm. Don't be watching that Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, you. Uh, this uh, episode's like as corny as the shit you'll get <laughs> if you don't visit the doctor. Go to the doctor. <laughs> See, don't be like me. I my entire life I was like, oh, I never get sick. And people like that are so fucking irritating because, like, yeah, of course you don't get sick now. You live in a first world country. I used to. I never got sick. My back never hurt. I could run and jump and do stuff all day. And then I hit twenty four, and I swear those ten beers a day hit me like a ton of bricks. That twenty five year gap, fellow. That folks, ladies and gentlemen. Grammys and Grampies listening to this pod, that 25-year period when you get past that and all of a sudden you're not in mommy or daddy's health insurance anymore and you're out in the cold, hard world of Baltimore, France, thinking where to go, who's going to pay my insurance? you got to pay your insurance, unless you have rich parents. And in <laughs> that case, th that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah, I'm proud of you. You did a good job. Not everyone has that, though. You made it here. You're here, you're listening to this, you got rich parents, you should donate to our upcoming Patreon. Alright, look, tell your parents to donate to our Patreon, borrow their credit card, and they're not even going to notice. There's going to be a lot of good stuff on there. If you donate $1,000 a month, we'll get you health insurance. Yeah, dude, we'll buy you health insurance for you. We'll be your assist, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll assist you as interns because it's only fair you know what i think we should make that a real patreon thing like if, if you're a thousand dollar a month donor we will get you health insurance and we will we will fight with those doctors about your copay i'll pull out your damn teeth myself dude i'm gonna buy airpods with the money that you donate to us so i can walk around and talk loudly wearing my fitted suit wearing my tailored suit that I got with your money, walking around loudly in public on the train, vouching and advocating for your health. I'm going to be talking about Jeremy's Jeremy's health is of the utmost importance to us. No, no, no. I will not have this loudly. Cutting fucking deals for you. With those Neo, like Matrix Neo sunglasses and Bluetooth headset talking loudly in public. Oh, I want to wear wraparounds. 
What's that? Like, oh, like, oh. yeah, you know what I'm talking about? What like, about those Bluetooth things that people wear around their neck? Oh, like, everyone at my work uses those. Yeah, dude, yeah. I don't get those. No, they're really cool because it's like it's like the sport glasses, but for headphones. Like, you know how people have the glasses that you wrap around the back of your head? Because you need to see. That's another thing we'll get you. If you donate $1,000 a month, we'll get you health insurance. We'll get you glasses. Everyone will think you're way smarter. I wear two pairs. That's not a joke. I wear I wear two pairs of Victoria's glasses because my you eyesight's don't... twice as bad as hers. Oh my god! Works. I swear it works. Well, so now that you have health insurance, are you gonna go to the optometrist? No, no, no. I I was raised by a really like like my mom is one of those people who like doesn't believe like not she's not like an anti-vaxxer but she doesn't believe in going to the doctor unless you might actually die that day that's filipino people for you. yeah like exactly and you know she'll give you vicks before anything <laughs> she does i called her i was like mom my throat's like sore i think i might be sick and she's like all right here's what you do you get oranges you cut them you put them in a you put them in a <laughs> in a pot of boiling water you strain the water out, you put it in a cup, and then you pour apple cider vinegar in it, and you sip on it. Boil the apple cider vinegar if you can. I swear you won't be sick ever again. Dude, I love those, like, old remedies. Body Bag Smurf once told me that his grandmother used to, um, when they had, like, a cold or something, she'd put uh, cut up a bunch of onions, put it in the sock, and make them wear the sock. <laughs> what? Walk around with it. Dude, that's so badass. <laughs> my dad I bet was... that shit worked good, too. Dude, my, my, my dad... And my grandpa were, like, really bad about that. Like, my grandpa would just be like, oh, just drink some whiskey. Oh, dude. Yeah. I, then that means I'm super healthy. Yeah, no. In I the mean, eyes of your grandpa. I'm not going to lie. When I was in college, I was I would get, like, sick and be like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it to class. And then I would just, like, drink some whiskey before class and then go in and be like, well, I can't feel anything, so I must be okay. That's badass. Yeah, as a kid, I remember getting, like, a ton of flus and stuff. And uh, my grandma would always, like pretty much call me a wuss <laughs> <laughs> how dare you get sick she'd like touch my forehead and she'd be like nah that's not warm enough get up and wash the bathroom kid yeah my grandma used to like crack an egg on my forehead and be like oh it's not cooked breakfast yet. time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cooked you gotta go to class <laughs> yeah and put some spam on the other side of your forehead yeah scrapple get it nice and crispy you know like you gotta get hot like you know how an egg can cook on a sidewalk on a hot sunny day my mom wouldn't let me skip school unless that's how hot my forehead Unless was. she could cook a full Grand Slam breakfast on your face. <laughs> yeah, we'd go to IHOP and she'd try and rent me out like some sort of uh, like contractor. Or like something. a contracted uh, boy skillet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I had the skills. A boy skillet. Oh, have have you ever been like, well, never mind. That's really dumb. I was going to ask if you've ever been really, really sick, but I know you have. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've been super sick a bunch of times, like on a serious <laughs> level too. I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get to dramatic in this pod right now. I'm gonna cue the dramatic music. Wait, get closer. <laughs> All right, so this is a sad, kind of a sad story, but a serious story. So interns, um, get re- if you have any children around, um, they might want to not get sad. So don't let them hear this because I'm about to tell you the story of my last most hardest difficultest part of my life also it's not bring your kid to work day don't bring your kid yeah we didn't let you do that okay you gotta email us for permission we're gonna tell your school that you're not getting credits for this episode we're gonna call the dean i have the d i'm plugged up this is for my work i know the dean i'm plugged up too to keep all the stuff in so senior year 
of college, I had a very scary moment where I felt a lump in my throat. Now, this was around the time where I was thinking, like, nothing could stop me. I'm bulletproof. I'm I'm 20-something. I'm healthy. But I felt this lump in my throat, and I was like, all right, it's probably nothing. It's probably going to go away. I'm probably growing a second Adam's apple because I have so much testosterone because I'm so uh, masculine. So it didn't go away. It actually got a little bigger a few months later, so I got a... Uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, when they, they, anyways, they, 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 they stuck a needle in my neck and took a piece of tissue to check it. I was like, cool. Around the same time, I realized, dang, I couldn't get another loan for my last year of college. So, uh, I was about to go pop into my advisor and say, I think I'm going to have to drop out. And she's like, oh, hell no, you're not dropping out, boy. We're going to help you out. And she helped me out. She pointed me in the right direction. She plugged me up. She said, talk to this guy. He's going to tell you to write a letter. You tell him what's going on in your life, and we'll get you that cash, boy. And I got that cash. Wait, so are you saying that if you can't afford college, you should get sick? It wasn't because I got sick. I didn't know I was sick yet. Hold on. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, you did, but this is a... Uh, we're jumping the we're, we're we're skipping ahead here. So here's what here's here's what got fucked up. Here's what what really fucked me up. I didn't tell them about why I was sick. I just told them I was broke. And then weeks later, I got the letter that said, "Hey, we're going to pay for the rest of your school." And I was like, "Nice," but I still had to figure out how to pay for my living expenses. So that was a whole nother thing. But I was still super stoked. I was like, "Nice, I'm going to keep I'm going to be able to graduate. I won't be a dropout." Um. As soon as I left, I ran into my buddy walking down the street. He's like, hey, man. I told him what happened. He's like, dude, let's celebrate. Let's go hang out and hang out at my place and let's watch a movie. I was like, all right, cool. So I'm sitting there. We're watching a movie. Um, we're using Herbal Essences shampoo. I was feeling good. I was feeling clean. I was cl feeling fresh. And clean I get a phone call. Daily. I got a phone call. And it was the doctor. And they're like, hey, Renz, we got results from your... Uh, uh, sample and you have thyroid cancer and I was like dude I went out of body real quick and they were like alright but this is what we're gonna have to do and then like this thing happened at that point where I was like I felt like I felt even more invincible because I felt like if this is a life or death situation then nothing I do would really scare me so I could do whatever it takes you know what I mean ever and it kind of like leaked out to everything else I did in life and everything worked out uh I remember getting there for surgery and they gave me like some pill and they plugged up that thing in my vein and I remember it was Halloween and I was cracking mad jokes at the uh at the uh nurse or whatever she was and I was like saying like yeah um uh, I'm going to be a frog for Halloween. Uh, I'm going to be called Froggette about it. <laughs> I, I think I said, like, I'm going to be, like, an Italian frog <laughs> or something like that. But it was cool. Like, apparently, when they tried to put me under um, and they finished the surgery and they took out the mask, I don't remember a thing. Like, 
I remember vaguely some stuff, but the doctor said I wouldn't stop talking after they took the mask off me. And he's like, you were supposed to be like fully knocked out still. <laughs> and you weren't even supposed to be able to talk because they cut my neck open to take the thyroid out and sealed it up. And they said I wouldn't stop talking to them and like making jokes and like saying funny ass shit. And they're like, yeah, I mean, you, I guess you, you went through it pretty well because you literally woke up right after we gave you the medicine and just wouldn't stop talking even though we told you not to. And that's the, that's the end of the story. My point is you never know what's going to happen to you guys. Get that health insurance. Don't start drinking and doing crazy stuff all the time thinking nothing's going to happen. I don't know what happened to me or why. Nobody knows. That's my point. I disagree. I think that if you get health insurance, that's pretty much like an all-access pass to treat your body like garbage. <laughs> At uh, least, you know, pray. Yeah, pray. That's pray the to best, Jehovah. That's the best health insurance. Pray to Buddha. I think that's what they do, right? I've never been sick like that, but... When I was like two, this is probably one of my first memories. I had this thing, I think it was called, my family called it like Kawasaki disease or something. And I was supposed, yeah, I was supposed to like die. I was vomiting like all day for like five days straight and like shitting the bed like every day, all day. Dude, that is a very serious one. Yeah. And um, I don't think I can give blood because of it. I never really tried because I hate people. Um, yeah, apparently almost, I've almost died like twice, but it was all before I was, you know, woke. Okay, guys, it, here's a, here's a 100% art pro guarantee, interns. Subscribe to our Patreon. If we get enough subscribers, if we get $5,000 a month, when we reach that goal, I will donate blood to Gage so he can donate my blood. <laughs> Are you going to give it to me in like a Ziploc bag or do we have to vacuum seal it? I don't really know how blood donation works. I'm going to give it to you in like uh, all I really, I don't have Ziplocs because I can't afford it. I, I do have a lot of black plastic bags from the liquor store that I yeah. can just kind of have them siphon it into. So <laughs> And I'll tie it up real tight and burn it with a light. I don't know. I don't know what I was, I'll figure um, it out. I have you ever done the thing where you make ice cream like at school, like with in a, salt and like cream? Yeah. So I was gonna do that on Thursday with with some of like my kids, and I like go in my fucking because I only had like thirty five cents in my bank account at the time. I was like looking for like large freezer bags to that I could steal from like Rite Aid. Oh my god! <laughs> to make ice cream with these kids. Out of almond milk. I found out you can do it with almond milk. So I was about to make oh, it vegan. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it vegan style. Like, I don't even need to buy vanilla extract. Like, you know, more bang for my buck. Because, you know, I only give vanilla almond milk. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I can put it in plastic bags. I opened up my cupboard to try and grab a plastic bag to put the ice in. And it's all just like black liquor bags that I got <laughs> from a liquor store that's like across the street <laughs> from this fucking school. <laughs> so, you know... I mean, save the planet, like, keep your bags, reuse them, but I wasn't going to bring in those liquor bags <laughs> for those kids. Like, <laughs> it's a really bad look. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess at that point, you got to go Robin Hood and take, like, steal plastic bags so you don't, that's a terrible look right there. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you guys, interns. Um, before I had this illustrative job as an art professional, I used to steal tuna cans from the local Rite Aid to eat sometimes i'm not gonna lie to you this is this is bad health right here this is a bad health practice i used to i used to be a thief i used to steal from walmart i thought i was robin hood but really i was just robin in the hood 
I was just robbing Walmart. Yeah, I was just robbing. I stole like a skateboard one time, and I felt really bad. And uh, those my, are garbage skateboards too. <laughs> <laughs> you left I with know. that, and you probably couldn't even skate away. I mean, no. Here's what I did though. I tried to like r- rationalize it and make it fair. What I did was I bought something from like some candles from Walmart, and I was holding it in my arm and waiting for the person to notice and have me beep it, and they never did. So I was like. I tested the cashier and they failed, so I felt like I deserved it, and I I kick I kick pushed away, <laughs> kick pushed away Lupe style. Yeah, that was a bad that was, that was a bad dark time in my life and uh, interns. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna act like your father or anything, but it's not good to steal. No, unless you're stealing your girl's heart. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's a bad look to steal. It's bad health. Um, I hope that none of you ever are in the position where you need to steal tuna cans to to eat that day. But if you are, just donate to our Patreon. I'll send you food. So listen, here's what's going on right now, interns. This is a real-life account. Gage and I may have gone to one of the most expensive and well-renowned art schools in the country, but we did it through the own grit, the the skin of our teeth. We, We suffered through it because we believed in the arts. So... For only 35 cents a month, (laughs) you can pay for Gage to survive so he doesn't have to be stealing a tuna from Save-A-Lot. For only 30, cue that sad music that plays at night when they have those dogs and those arms of the angel song. Cue. Moment of silence for Sarah McLaughlin. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Sarah. Rest in peace, Lil Wayne. Live in peace, Michael, Sarah. Uh, I feel like it's gonna come out. He's like a neo-Nazi or something. I don't, I don't know about him. Uh, he just <laughs> has like, he just has, he's just like generally weird looking. It's not nice. That's not the energy we want to bring to the. <laughs> That's bad mental podcast. health. Sorry, I'm getting too riled up over here. I'm thinking about this darkness. This is what. What do you? All right. So, so this is a good topic to segue off of. When you get in that place of, of, dark thoughts, dark dark mental uh ideas what happens what do you do oh what do i do nothing i drink 11 beers okay but i was thinking about this the other day maybe what we should do is if people donate five dollars to our patreon like i was thinking about buying a burner phone and giving people that phone number so they can reach us at any time for just five dollars a month because like i don't really like the idea of like having our main intern interaction be like through this podcast and then like social media platforms. I really like the idea of like giving them our personal phone number and we'll they can just call us whenever. Yeah. Like if you're ever in that dark place, reach out to a friend and I totally talk to you. Yeah. To be serious. Uh, when I get in a dark place, I try and reach out to people that I trust. And that's something that's like not special or anything. That's maybe not good podcast content, but it is like a good word of advice. If you feel like you're alone, call someone and like, not to hate on the suicide hotline or whatever, but, like, you don't need to call strangers unless you really feel unsafe talking about what you talk, what you want to talk about with people you know. You know, give, give, your, give someone close to you a call, and if not, give yourself a call. Yeah, look. I, call your I, heart. I think now by episode five, I would feel comfortable and confident knowing that uh, we've made a nice friendly connection as interns. I feel like we've been really, really great uh, bosses to all of you. We've been giving you this great content. I feel like you could connect to us and feel comfortable calling us. 
and just talk, we'll talk to you. Give us a call. If you donate that $5 a month, we'll be there for you. Totally. Seriously. We will. We'll be able to pay your bill. Welcome to Art Pros, the only, the only podcast that lets you talk to us directly. I don't want to use the word, you know, when people say, I'm dead serious. I'm going to say, I'm alive serious. I'm living for you. I'm here. No, seriously, like, Renz and I are both really empathetic, and um, for just $5 a month, you can call us and talk to us when you're sad. And if you're lucky, maybe we'll record it and put it on the podcast. We'd love to. We'd love Skype us or something. Wait, no. We need to buy that phone. We'll figure out how to get you. We'll figure, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll figure it out for you for the proper amount of donations. <laughs> this is dark. I feel like a health insurance company where they need to pay us for us to help them. I mean, it's it's all about that love, you know? It's all about that social capital. You know what releases endorphins? It's all about support. Is doing things for others. So you could, like, cook food and, like, give it to someone who's hungry. And maybe that'll make you feel better. Because nothing's a bigger ego boost than feeling like you have it better than someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember uh, a Christmas, a couple Christmases ago... Me, Gage, and a couple of our other friends decided to buy a bunch of vegetables so we could cook meals for the homeless for Christmas, and that made us, that made our egos feel really good. Yeah. Yeah, big... It was a ve- rainy day. It was really rainy. Big vegan dinner for homeless people. I want to do that again, but it's really expensive. I mean, honestly, it wasn't, it wasn't really... It wasn't completely our idea, and it was a great idea. I give credit to uh, my buddy who came up with it. I think. I think that I want to get him on one day. We'll get him on. Yeah, I'll I feel like him. he'd be good. Yeah, yeah, he would be great. And 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 she would also be really good. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll get him on together. I think that yeah, we should. We we you know we um we. He and I were planning on starting a podcast, but it never transpired. So. Yeah, I've heard that happens with some artists. Yeah, it's all I, right. Another thing is, um, if, you, if you are actually an artist and you're listening to this, and you find that sometimes your anxiety or like you feel like life gets overwhelming and you don't follow through with stuff, that's okay. A lot of people do that. I feel like it's, it's particularly uh prevalent nowadays people just kind of would rather look at their phone or something and that's totally understandable and if you need to take a mental health day that's okay but please 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 stop acting like something came up nothing irritates me more than when someone's like oh sorry i can't do this because like you know whatever or you just ignore someone and then wait till like two days later to like address it just be like hey i don't feel that great i don't really feel like doing it and just say it because that's better for your health it's a lot better to tell the truth rather Mm -hmm. than lie even though honesty can sometimes be a tough pill to swallow sometimes that's the best medicine honesty yeah yeah to yourself and and comedy so i actually talked to my therapist uh this thursday about about I talked to my therapist about potting, and honestly, you know, I gotta tell you, Gage, ever since we started, you know, it feels really good, it gives me something to look forward to every week, and it is very therapeutic, it's a really, really good, like, um, coping mechanism for me. Um, so You wanna repeat that? I'm so sorry, we're just, we're busting out some, uh, If you're all wondering what's in this bag, 
If you're all wondering what's in this bag, we're drinking our alcoholic LaCroix. And LaCroix is good for you. National Bohemian from Maryland, France. No free plugs. Sponsor <laughs> us if you want us to say that more. <laughs> this guy drinks nine to ten of these a day. He's your biggest advocate. Okay? I'm probably your biggest single consumer. But seriously, I told my therapist about it. He was stoked. He was like, yeah, you know what? Like, this is a, this will be not only good for you, but since it's a comedy type of thing, it's a sense of relief. And comedy is therapy for a lot of people. Comedy is therapy because it's good to release a lot of things. It's really healthy to be able to accept a situation and find laughter and joy in something, even though the reality of it is dark. It's okay to feel both. It's okay for something to be dark. And for you to find something funny about it. I mean, it doesn't diminish the reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about comedy is really similar to the coolest thing about art, which is the opportunity to kind of say something that isn't really that um, intelligent and just not worry if it's going to if it's going to hurt you or not. It's kind of like like riding a bike with training wheels. Where you may be able to like say you'll just you could just say whatever the fuck you want like like sugar tits or something and and because it's under the guise of you were trying to be funny whether it was actually funny or not you don't really have to worry about its uh, its quality as an object. Oh yeah, or you could say Bill Nye the appliance guy for no reason <laughs> just kind of <laughs> laugh at it. See, <laughs> or like registered text offender. Oh, <laughs> so what happens when you text somebody? And they don't text you back. Oh, yeah. I'm really guilty about that. Ren sends me so much quality text content. And, like, I'm at work. And I work a shitty job. <laughs> not, it's not shitty. It's a cool job. I work a job that requires that I, I don't look at my phone or I'll get in trouble. You can't look at your phone because one hand's on another person's arm and trying to take it down. Yeah, people always think I'm cheating if I'm looking at my phone. Um Fuck, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, registered te- text offender. That's oh, sorry. That's a joke. Sorry I diverged it from... Oh, no, it's it's fine. It's fine. Look, folks, I'm a hyperactive texter. I have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I will text 12 things at once because I'm afraid I'll forget it later on. Oh, I feel that. That's a part of my condition is I'm, I'm very forgetful. I only respond to texts at work if I'm taking a shit. <laughs> you take a lot of shits because you respond to a lot of yeah them. <laughs> i mean so i take one around 10 i take one around 130 and then i take one at like 3 315 and i really think that my bosses um think i'm just in there like wasting time but i swear to you something comes out every time <laughs> i'm very regular it's your office yeah actually maybe i should see a doctor about that it's your no people have schedules Maybe you're three times a day. I don't. I no, dude. I I poop three times a day. For oh, sure. high five. Yeah, dude. Must We're, be a Filipino thing. It's a Filipino thing. We have we have uh, digestive systems made of steel. They're very efficient. We can eat pretty much whatever salt content. Yeah, mine's just a straight bodies. tube. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no parts in. The I middle. remember seeing a guy in Ripley's Believe It or Not TV show that literally like didn't have intestines because he had some disease and they just plugged his like stomach into his like butthole, his rectum. That's kind of, I feel like that's like really efficient. He would have to eat, like he, he literally had to eat all the time. Okay, segue though. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk, let's talk less about poop and more about this topic that I thought of a second ago. Com- comedy and artists. Here's what I'm trying to get at. Comedians are 
known. Okay, so a lot of comedians do suffer from a lot of mental health issues, depression, bipolar, whatever. A comedian recently just committed suicide. One of those comedians, com- comedy comedians, comedians type of people, um, Brody Stevens. Yeah, just committed suicide. Co- comedians, um, I guess maybe it aligns with Robin the, the the Robin Williams. It aligns with the line of work. How does how do you think that parallels with artists? Because I feel like this a similar thing happens. Artists do crazy things because of mental health problems as well. Like it, it might not have been overtly. Uh, talked about but maybe Basquiat had some mental health problems himself which is why he turned to drugs I think uh I think that people who do creative things that are really reliant on observation so a lot of comedians you know they observe the world around them to make to make comments and to like talk about things that are relevant to to their peers um and artists do the same thing like you you make a lot of observations about the world around you and then you kind of produce objects from that whether it's jokes or whether it's like a sculpture and if you if you do that and you're predisposed to having like a mental health condition it it puts you at a much greater risk than people who don't who whose jobs don't depend on on critically observing things so like if if your job is like uh, I don't know, like your, um, well, most jobs are pretty critically observant. Uh, it, it's, it's hard. I, I think that the connection just is that maybe brains that are wired to be creative being combined with the opportunity to observe things that may make you sad. Cause like good comedy comes from things that are kind of sad, um, because comedy is supposed to be like a remedy anyways, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's like, all right, um people are unhappy. Here's why they're unhappy. Can I spin it in a way where like there's they recognize that but they're not in pain to talk about it. And I think like a lot of artists try to do the same thing. I don't uh, I have trouble trying to figure out if artists and comedians are actually m- more likely to have mental health issues or if because of their their occupation or their life they have to face things they don't like more often to make something that they do like so i uh, let me throw you a curveball that i i believe that that's all very valid um but what about the social aspect of it well how do you think the social acceptance of both artists and comedians affect the mental health of the creator for so for example like if you're you've dedicated your life to comedy or creating art and you are living in that realm of that mental space where you really believe that you're not what you're doing isn't being valued by society that i believe that that can really affect somebody because um i mean that's your whole life well okay so art and comedy are uh dangerous to the state in my opinion so it's like dangerous to government Mostly because, like, like right now we're, we exist in a system that's trying to keep order and doesn't know, doesn't really have a good avenue for dissent. Like, it doesn't have a good avenue for people, like, making valid observations of things that are going wrong. And because of that, a lot of, like, media culture and individuals who are reliant on, like, 
this system, like who profit from this system, have a problem with it and then use their their power or their authority to paint artists and comedians as people who aren't valuable in society because they don't produce a consumer object normally. So like we're not working coal mines and we're not lawyers and we're not um, doctors. So society tries to say that we don't offer anything because we don't have something that's tangible, really. Like our effect isn't tangible. So like maybe the objects we make are things that are tangible, like objects, but people don't perceive them as having value. And that can be really depressing. Totally. It sucks. It sucks to really feel that there are no tangible metrics to measure how art or comedy can affect a person's like spirits and, and make them feel legitimately better about things. I mean, I think comedy, art and music and all of those creative things are really, really important to what it means to be a human, but also super, super dangerous if the art, comedy and music is um, not super dangerous to us as as individuals, but super dangerous to the system if it's a way of expressing dissatisfaction with it so i want to i want to ask you a question then i want to ask you a serious question do you think that there has been a point in your life where you feel like art or comedy or anything creative has quote unquote saved you from something or like made you think differently about your life in a positive way i mean yeah uh it kind of is every day for me I don't really like buying stuff. I don't really like being drunk. Like, there's not a lot of things that I like to do, but I do like content. I do like new ideas. I kind of feel like art and comedy and music and experiencing those things and creating those things are, it, it saves me every day from feeling like my life is wasted um, in the sense that if I didn't have those things, I would essentially just be working every day and that's it so it so it'd be like being a a blood cell or something where like you have a function like i do something in society that's necessary but i don't want to do it and Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily bad but the only thing that separates us from other like humans from like other sentient beings on the planet is the fact that we can enjoy those things Right. I think it's like incredibly natural. And I think if we existed in a system that was like completely run by AI where like no one ever had to work, the last thing thing we'd have is art. If robots could do everything for us, farm, cook, clean, you know, run an economy, what else would we do? We could experience nature. And you're right. So listen, folks, art can save the world. If you've ever seen The Matrix... Robots were running the world, but guess what? Neo's martial arts saved the fucking day. <laughs> See what we're talking about here? I mean, I th- I think art, comedy, and music, well, let's just call it creative stuff. I think it gives people a sense of purpose, and whether that's necessary or not is irrelevant. I, I Like, for example, my mom was able to, to stop working recently. Um... She's worked her whole life. She had me when she was like 19. She's worked like 60 hour weeks all the way until she like till I. That's Filipino as fuck. Yeah. She she worked really hard single mom for a really long time and she can finally not work anymore. And she called me and she's like, I don't 
she's like, I feel like I'm getting dumber over time. I don't really know what to do. And we're, we're like talking about projects like, oh, well, you should figure out a creative outlet. And she like doesn't have that because she's always worked so hard. And like I was her project. Mm-hmm. Like I was the thing that she that gave her a sense of purpose. And now that I, I can kind of like take care of myself, she doesn't have that sense of purpose anymore. And I think art and music and all that stuff and creating it. And enjoying it is really like that's the last thing that you have is like a sense of purpose because, you know, the biggest pain of existing Mm. as a human is being aware that you exist. You hear that, parents? Everybody else listening to, anybody can be an artist. Gage's mom, she's an artist and Gage is her medium. And I think that I, you know, Gage, I think she made a beautiful piece of art. Wow. You're a great person. You're a great person, podcaster, and you care about the kids that you teach in your after-school program after your 9 to 5. You're doing the same thing. You're doing those 60-hour-ish weeks. You know, you're putting in the work, and that's that saves a lot of people, and it, it gives purpose to life. Creativity and art gives purpose to life, and that's why we as art pros are putting in these 60-hour week work weeks for this podcast. Just podcasting. We're working, me and Gage are doing 60 hour months for this <laughs> podcast. So we would really, you know, we, we really appreciate any dime that you throw our way to produce more fantastic content. Maybe we should for, just have like an art pros cash app also. A cash app. Well, like, because like with, to it. with Patreon, you know, they it's like a monthly donation, I think. But with cash app, they can just be like, hey, you want a pizza? Like, we'll send you a pizza. We got extra pizza. Also, you, could, both. you could email us coupons for free stuff. You can buy us video games on the on the PlayStation Network because I just <laughs> I just made enough money to get a PS4 like a month ago. What does this say about us as artists, man? We just want <laughs> handouts. If you're a government official, uh, I swear we don't want handouts. We're working for this. We're yeah, working, we're working hard. real hard. We're we're writing. I'm more. I'm 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 pulling up Google Docs on my phone in the bathroom, writing one-liners to make everybody uh, a little bit feel a little bit more joy. Well, what. I mean, what 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 tangible outcomes can a podcast have on society? I think that my therapist put it really well. I think that a lot of people listen to podcasts for enjoyment. There are a lot of niche benefits and uh, reasons for people to. So uh, I'll give you an example. I learned a lot from the first podcast I ever listened to, which was Radio Lab. That was one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, it's a good and it's podcast. Still, it's so good. It's like going to school, but you want to go to school. Uh, I no learned... more free plugs, though, Radio Lab. Pay us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, put us on NPR. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, and, and then, you know, you got other, like, other podcasts like Serial. I learned a lot of wacky stuff from people in uh, cultural society from Joe Rogan's podcast. I, I like to listen if it's a guest that I'm interested in listening to. I think that Joe Rogan is the most woke bro in the world. Yeah, that is his niche is like a he's, guy trying to get better. He's well, he's woke I, bro. Yeah, I appreciate that. I do. He still like has some flashes of like, you know, his his true self, but he's trying really hard and I mean, he's you, succeeding. You can you can't you can't forget that like a lot of older dudes were raised in a society where no one checked them or corrected them or like tried to get them to understand their position until they were like 28 mm-hmm. 30 years old i mean that sounds tough like it sounds imagine i'm like 24 so like people trying to tell joe rogan that he needs to be more woke like immediately is like a five-year-old trying to tell us right now 
like, hey, this is how you should stop think. being an art bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's, it's tough. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll throw him a bone. Maybe he so, fucks with people that you don't fuck with. So but. we're living in a world of toxic masculinity, and that's definitely something 100% to watch out for. But you know what? Swallow a Brita filter if you're a to- if you display toxic masculinity and filter it to create non-toxic masculinity, which is what I think Joe Rogan is trying to do, and what I think is a good progressive way to see uh, how you can be masculine in a good way. Well, here's another thing. I-, I I think that a lot of people who aren't men hear the term toxic masculinity and think that it's toxicity coming from masculinity and they don't realize that toxic masculinity actually affects men also like like we're raised in a toxic environment and that's a big deal um part of being like raised in in a toxic environment as a boy means that one you don't know when you're being toxic and two you don't recognize when things are fucking you up in the head like for example we were talking about health earlier I never go to the doctor. I I hate the doctor because I have this fucking, what I think is a very like toxic point of view. That's like, oh, I don't need doctors. Like I'm a man. If I go to a doctor, I'm weak. That's toxic. I could die. I could have a serious illness and just be like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't hurt that bad. Like I'll go deal with, I'll, I'll deal with it later. That's being mentally weak. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Totally. Um, also, God helps those who help themselves. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really messed up. Have you seen the um, the movie Eighth Grade by Bo Burnham? No, no. free plugs. No. You mean Ro Burnham? Um, it was good. It kind of took me back to when I was in middle school and bullying. You know, bullying was happening. That's another result of toxic masculine energy. Bullying is bad. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that people criticize men for doing, they don't realize is also bad for men. Yeah, it's like the trickle-down homophobia thing that goes into middle schools. Like, uh, you're gay. Like, don't say... Like, I would hope... I don't know. Like, do you, does that still happen? You work with kids. It still yeah, happens. Yeah, I mean, I had, a, I had a kid ask me if I had ever met a trans before. And it, it took, like... It took a really long time to be like... Like, it didn't take a long time for me to be like, well, does it... I know trans people doesn't matter and they were they were totally cool with it. Yeah. But their expectation is that I would be like ew that's gross. And that's like a toxic environment is like there there's the chance that like there are men out there who if they got asked that would be like ew that's gross or like no fuck that that's that gay shit. Like of course that that still happens in schools. I mean, you know, I I like to think that... Uh, but that's a loss for those kids. Your kids are in good hands. I'm glad that they have exposure to someone with education that we had and in, in being able to understand and be open to that type of thing. But it's easy for people like us to be exposed in that environment to take it for granted and and kind of believe that it it's something that isn't prevalent, but when it really it still is happening all the time. Um, well, yeah, you just I mean, alluded to, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It's messed up. But hey, listen, we have a responsibility. Listen, guys, if you're like super woke and you get mad at people for saying something ignorant, remember how expensive it is to go to like a liberal arts school. Remember that like to get the education to un- to even have the vocabulary to talk about like, like, you know, human rights. That's a fucking expensive education mm-hmm. to know to know words like. Like neurotypical, ephemeral. As a, yeah, I mean, like no, ser- like seriously, like like genderqueer is a word that my students 
have never heard and probably won't hear until they're like 19. You have to remember when you're when you're sitting there getting furious that someone says something stupid, it's expensive to know woke language. It also means that you don't have to work because you're on Twitter all fucking day getting the constant updates of like this is something that's problematic to say. You know how many times I've used problematic and forgot that like my Uber drivers probably never heard that word before? A lot. Remember, it's fucking expensive. I hope your notebooks are still out because Gage is dropping these dimes. Yeah, you uh, should drop dimes on us. I'm broke. Yeah. It is expensive. And, and Also, they don't want to get educated by you. Working class people, they're not evil. I'm not evil. There's empathy there, but they've never heard of the shit that younger people are talking about. So remember... It took a college degree or it took a lot of time on the internet for you to develop your 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 questioning of race relations, your questioning of, of gender identity. You're not born with that. Drop it's the mic. Boom. Drop the mic. Social health. Boom. Ooh, Be healthy for wealth. society. Boom. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I got to take a time out because I got to use the little art pros room. Ooh, the little art pros room. Art, uh, pause. It. And we're back. Um, okay, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about uh, coping, coping skills and coping mechanisms a little bit because uh, I, I think that for the most part, as an artist, as a creative, that is one type of coping mechanism, but that doesn't always mean that it is the only coping mechanism that can get you through stress and anxiety because there's a whole lot of other things that may be affecting people that they don't realize something intrinsic or covert well do you do you have another coping mechanism that you do aside from art and uh therapy well so yeah that's a lot of things that i learned from my uh my therapist so that's what we worked on for the past year i want to preface that by saying that yes art for me was the first coping mechanism that i learned without knowing what stress and anxiety really was as a kid and i think that contributed to why i enjoy drawing things from life because it takes my head away and makes me focus on whatever I'm looking at and makes me feel good if it looks like what I was trying to do. Other coping mechanisms I like to do is meditation techniques and as hard as it is, it seems counterproductive to use meditation as a technique to try to think less about things that bother you but with practice and with time, if you really don't put the work in, those techniques that you're doing aren't really going to be effective. It's like anything else. You know, you got to put the 10,000 hours in. It's a skill. Yeah. Coping mechanisms really are a skill, and you have to really go in on it and, and, and be serious that you want to do these things, and it's different for everybody. For me, it I learned that it's as simple as, like, taking, like, doing breathing exercises, and I can get into that a little later. I learned a really sick breathing exercise recently. And it works really well for me. Well, why don't you give it to the interns now since I'll we're tell, on the topic? I'll tell it to you. I'll tell it to you all now. Uh, some of y'all, y'all might have uh, picked up on this already. It's called the Wim Hof method. Have you ever heard of the Iceman Gage? Yes. N- not Kuklinski, not the murderer. Not not Chuck but Liddell, the n- Iceman. No, not Chuck Liddell. It's the guy <laughs> that um, can do incredible physical feats, like staying under ice for hours and hours. And I think he did a marathon in shorts in like Norway and like minus 30 Celsius. That's wild. And he climbed Mount Everest in shorts. 
which he said was a bad idea, but he was still able to do it with this breathing method that he claims and that is actually scientifically proven to help you uh, control and override your autonomous nervous system. It's kind of wild. It's just breathing. And this is what he does. It's super simple. I'll run you through it. What you do is you find, and maybe you're sitting down, but he recommends laying down when you're first learning it. You find a comfortable position laying down and you breathe in as deep as you can, like all the way. And then you exhale naturally, like just let it go like an air mattress, but you don't exhale all the way through. And then you do it again. So that's the second breath and then exhale a little bit. And you do that 30 times. You do it 30 times and literally you will start to feel your body, body tingling and that's your body oxygenating itself. And once you do, once you hit 30 or whatever point, however many breaths that you've taken for you to start feeling tingly. Oh, also, by the way, while you're breathing, you got to make sure you're thinking positive things like super like, I don't know, whatever you want to think like, ah, uh, I can do whatever. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Today's yeah. gonna be great. whatever you want to do. Clear your mind, do whatever you got to do and breathe. Let yourself feel that tingling, focus and relax. And once you start feeling that tingling, once you hit that 30 breath mark, that's usually what I stop at to keep it easy. You exhale all of your breath out and hold it for as long as you can. And you'd be surprised because I've held my breath for like two minutes without knowing it yeah. because I've been oxygenated. And once you feel like you need to breathe, like don't feel obligated to breathe until you pass out. Inhale really deep, as deep as you can and hold that for like, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds. And that's one set. If you do that three times, you'll start to feel pretty good. The first time it felt pretty good. And I've been doing it for like a couple weeks. It's been working really well. That's cool. I feel really chill. Like even at night, I did it a couple times and I had the craziest dreams. Yeah. Like wildest. I've been having wild dreams because I've been doing that shit. Speaking of dreams, that's my main co coping mechanism. So before I go to sleep, I try and lucid dream. How do you try? Uh, you think a whole lot while simultaneously trying to go to sleep. It's really, it's hard to explain. I've been trying to, I've been doing it since I was like 11, trying to lucid dream, but it's really good. I come up with a lot of my best art objects and my best like thoughts while I'm asleep. And I mostly just try and drift off to sleep thinking and getting, it's meditative in a way, but it's also convenient because you don't have to set time aside. You just like, it's like, oh, mm. I'm going to bed. I'm just going to basically meditate while going to bed. But instead of clearing your mind, you, you completely saturate it with what you want to think about. And that I know gives a lot of people like crazy anxiety is the thought of thinking about all of your problems and stuff. Don't think about your problems. Think about your solutions. So like keep in mind the problems you're trying to address, but really try and fall asleep thinking about your solutions because your brain functions really well mm. while you're asleep. And if you can remember the ideas that had while you were sleeping when you wake up, I often find for me that it works really well. It's wild. Yeah, the breathing thing does work for me for dreams also. Like I've had a lot of really deep, serious, vivid ones. I kind of feel like at a certain point, like I'm in the middle zone of like sleep and wakefulness as I'm doing it. And I kind of forget that I'm actually doing this technique. And I get to this point where 
uh, I start to see like the images slowly start to enter my mind but i'm still conscious and then all of a sudden i'm like in the dream world it's kind of wild yeah it i know it's super corny to talk about meditation and lucid dreaming and stuff but it's also super corny to say that the world you live in is filled with constant distractions and it's really really important i think as a coping mechanism to take some time and really 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 be self-reflective i had a dream last night where uh, Huberta, our producer cat, um, was a mouse, <laughs> but it, it was like in my in my mind it was still her as a cat, but it was like visually a mouse, a mouse yeah. in a little box, and I was trying to like rescue it from something. Oh, Schrodinger's mouse. So I mean, that's it was pretty weird, and it was like in a San Francisco environment. I have the weirdest dreams, man. One time I had a dream I was in a uh, I was riding a dragon in a city but the city was in a massive warehouse that could hold a city it was a huge warehouse and instead of like there were sections where instead of buildings it was giant like uh shelves that hold like boxes it was, and like, that was like the hood yeah but huge like city size yeah. and that was like the hood right and i was riding the small dragon i flew down to the bottom level and it was talking to the homeless people because like they were like terrified of this there was a massive dragon that was like patrolling everything almost like it was like a a police dragon or something like that which everybody was terrified of so since i was new in this dream i wanted to find out about it i investigated by asking the homeless people about it and they're like oh man that dragon's been messing with this city for so long and that dragon is no good we just, we want it out of here. It's you know I, I feel like a lot of the reason why we're in the situation we're in now is because of this, and we know how to stop it. Just no one really believes us because it sounds crazy. I'm like, well, what is it? I got a little tiny dragon. Like I, I'll I'm willing to hear you out. And they're like, all right, seriously, if you take this syringe and poke that dragon with it, it's gonna die. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing it. So I grabbed that syringe and I flew up and like hit the dragon with it, and it died. And that was my dream. It was wild. That's crazy. It was a crazy-ass dream. I've also had dreams with massive city-sized manta rays plopping up from the ocean and, like, crashing down, making huge tidal waves, and me having to run. And as I'm running, this big old uh, uh, monster truck, like, giant building-sized monster truck is chasing me, calling my name, <laughs> which I don't understand. That's a wild dream. I know all of you interns out there have wild dreams, too. It's been a great time talking to you again, working with you. This has been Art Pros. Send us your dreams. Have a good night.